Thank you for joining us on this very important and special bonus episode of the Right to Reason podcast. Time is of the essence, and you need to know what is happening in Iran right now. Our guest today is going to tell you things your news will not tell you. You also will be asked to get this message out to more people. Believe it or not, doing so will save lives. Armin Navabi from the Atheist Republic will explain why that is the case. Yes, you heard me correctly. This is the one time, one of those very rare opportunities where you can actually help someone overseas in a real-life crisis and without spending a dime, spread this to as many people as you can. Armin's message is powerful and needs to remain prevalent. This is Armin Navobi, and I'm here to let you know that you have the right to reason. In a little over 30 minutes from right now, you will know everything you need to know about the Iranian protest and what you can do to help. For the third day in a row, they are out on the streets. Fighting with police went on into the night. Anti-government protesters, most of them students, facing up to riot police outside Tehran University. But what began as a protest about rising food prices and welfare benefit cuts turned political on Saturday. Earlier in the day, they chanted, not Gaza, not Lebanon, my life for Iran. Don't be afraid, we're staying strong together. An expression of anger about claims the government is focusing more on regional issues than economic problems at home. Iranian TV showed a display of strength by crowds of pro-government supporters in cities nationwide. Tens of thousands of people on the streets chanting death to America, down with Israel, in support of Iran's supreme leader, Ali Khamenei. People have protested against inflation and other problems, but that does not show that our people have turned on each other or are against the ruling system and their leadership. Armin Navabi is a former Muslim from Iran and the founder of Atheist Republic, a nonprofit organization with over one million fans and followers worldwide that is dedicated to offering a safe community for atheists around the world to share their ideas and meet like-minded individuals. Armin, I'm really happy to have you on today. And what I was hoping I could talk to you about, because you would be the guy that would know this, what's going on in Iran right now? Well, what has been going on for the past few days is a whole bunch of protests, a very su surprisingly um, you know, it's something people didn't expect it and spontaneous uh, protest um, all around Iran, starting from Mashhad. Uh, that was also very surprising. I don't know if your listeners know, but in 2009, there was a whole bunch of other protests that got a lot of international attention. It was used to, uh, it was called the Green Movement. That one started, you know, in the capital. But these ones are seem very different in message, in in purpose, and uh, the lack of leadership in them are very interesting. The chance, the size of the protest is very interesting. The reaction of the government to it is very interesting. It's um, it took everybody, almost everyone, by surprise, including myself. And and I mean there, it's much less right now than before. I've seen some. Of them 
in some corners, stuff is still happening, but it's much less right now. For two days, it wasn't being covered. It was just a few of us on Twitter and on social media sharing it, and we were kind of surprised on the lack of coverage that it was getting on the news. Um, a lot of reporters that, that were um, a lot of like um, reporters that we saw they were begging the you know mainstream news to cover it. Eventually, it caught their attention. But it took two days, uh, and these were not small. This was not small. These were protests, major protests, and it was a big deal. So I don't, I don't really know. Maybe it was because it was New Year's, and I don't know why it wasn't getting coverage. Maybe because of Trump's tweets it was too interesting for them, for people to pay attention to this. But eventually, people realized that this is a big deal and started covering it. The protests in Iran are the largest since 2009, but they are very different. These ones began in Iran's second largest city, Mashhad, has a focused rally yet spread fast and far nationwide, encompassing many more grievances. The protesters are mainly young and some are working class, traditionally the government's support base. But while the 2009 protest was largely the middle class opposition angry at an election they considered rigged, this is something less predictable, less anticipated. Why are so many furious young people on the streets? Well, three reasons, really. And the first is jobs. About a quarter of those under 25 are unemployed. There are dashed hopes, too. The nuclear deal didn't lift sanctions in the way that people hoped. And social media is giving youth a glimpse of an outside world they cannot afford or share in. And finally, even President Rouhani himself admits people also want less repression. The immediate spark has been price rises, even eggs are affected, inflation's high and a new budget wants to cut subsidies on some basics, but the ruling clerical elite are still getting generous state funding. Nobody really saw this coming. Iran's regional influence is at a peak. Trump's pressure to scrap the nuclear deal and up the ante is opposed by the US's European allies, but all the same, this hasn't healed Iran's internal rifts. But now they're not um, in news on it is um, dying uh, out again. And the problem with that is that now is the government's reaction to it is going to be very um, scary to see because, you know, the government sometimes just waits a little bit until the international media stops covering the news and then it starts going after the people that participated in the protest. And now without interest in the news again, I'm, I'm scared to see what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be as brutal as what they did in 2009, but yeah, we could go into the details of what happened, why it happened, which is very, comp like even right now, people are fighting over their reasons behind it and um, what happened and, you know, why it happened. But there seems to be some common trends. And um, But yeah, I mean, this is something... A lot of people are discussing, a lot of people that have been following this have been discussing, and there's a lot of disagreements on it, but, but there's some, there are some opinions that seem to be more uh, prevalent than the others. I mean, and also the thing is that um, it's hard to get uh, really good data from the ground, right? Because obviously the government doesn't let you go get official polls and stuff like that. But the only and and um, the only thing that we could rely on is when we talk to the protesters themselves. And obviously that's not going to be a scientific data, but it's the best we have, right? 
Um, so we get it. We, I mean, I've been talking to a lot of protesters, a lot of people from Iran. Uh, I've been trying to translate as many of the chants as, as I possibly can. I've been, you know, downloading the videos that people sent on Telegram and on their own uh, Twitter accounts in Persian, and I've been translating them and posting them. And you know, there wasn't, you know, there was only a few people that were doing it, and because there was not that many people doing it, a lot of these went really afterward, really went viral. And one of the one that one of the ones that went viral was the uh, tweet that I posted of this uh, of the of the girl that took off her hijab. Yes, uh, yes. It was it was just a day before the protest started, which was which quite it was a quite coincidence. But because it was uh, in the same time, people turned it into the symbol of the resistance, right? And basically, she took off her hijab and she went and uh, stood there in the street and she was had her hijab and a. a stick and she was just waving it right and she's just waiting waiting for somebody i mean she knew that she's going to come arrest going to get arrested but she was just i mean that was so i mean i don't know if she knows that she's turned into a symbol because she got arrested uh, shortly after so i don't know how much access to information she has I, i mean we don't even know her name right now what kind of courage does that take though to know that the hammer is about to fall on you and still stand there probably shaking yeah i mean she seems pretty confident she seemed pretty confident in what she was doing and a lot of people in the protest also i mean the chance that people were making it was so extreme like these are things that i never thought anybody would have the balls to Say in the streets of Tehran, so publicly in front of camera, like people, the people that protested in 2009, so many of them were crushed and killed and tortured, and they would, they would never say anything like this. They never like, like said. What kind of stuff are they saying? Like death to Khamenei. I mean, I mean, I, I would be when I was in Tehran, which is more than 13 years ago. I would be more willing to tell somebody I don't believe in God in like secret in hush hush. Right. But I would even in in a hush hush situation with my friends, I would never say any sh- shit about harmony. Right. Mm. So and I saw people, you know, tearing down pictures of harmony and and Khomeini and burning it. And I saw so many anti-religious chants. Uh, I saw people trying the Basij, which is the volunteer militia of the Islamic uh, uh, Repo- Revolutionary Guard, the IRGC. Uh, they came and tried to, uh, you know, they, could, they they were outmanned. They were sh- surprised, right? So they, they, one solution that they had is to come and shout Allah Akbar and loudspeakers to drown the protest out. But people, I said, every time somebody said Allah Akbar, they were like booing it and shouting at it. I saw some of the chants saying that, you know, uh, making fun of the, uh, you know, the the Hussein ideal Hussein is the most uh, one of the most if not the the most revered Imam in Shia Islam, and they were some of the chants were saying that these people are um, Hussein is their uh, chant, but rape is their culture. But and uh, if there is their honor, and by rape I don't they didn't mean it they meant it in a symbolic way. But and also well, some of the chants was um, I mean very interesting. They were saying. Um, Estaklal Azadi Jomhuriya Irani, which means uh, independence, freedom, and Iranian republic. Uh, and people, when people were chanting that, 
um, a lot of people didn't understand the significance of this chant because the official slogan of the country is Estaglal Azadi Jumhuri Islami, which means independence, freedom, and Islamic Republic. So people were in the streets and chanting the slogan but re- replacing the word Islamic with Iranian. Wow. So this isn't just a, an economical or a political thing. Like th- This sounds like it has some kind of anti- religious sentiment to it is that is that fair well here's here's what i okay so it started with anti the the alert some protests about the economy right and and actually the interesting thing is that it started with protests by some conservatives against um the reformists the rohani region but then people when once the, the numbers grew there's a safety in numbers i guess right so people just took advantage of that and a whole bunch of people with other grievances just joined in right right but the thing is when you when you talk to the when i mean this again this is you really have to talk to each protester and they might give you different answers right but for a lot of people that i talked to i they didn't seem to think there's a difference between these issues right so for them the the problem with the economy and the political issues and lack of freedom and the fact that the government is spending uh, t- time, energy, and resources on, in meddling in other countries in the Middle East rather than focusing on the country itself, it all comes from the clerics, right? It all comes from this Islamic regime. It all comes from the same source. It all comes from these people having their own religious and political agenda which is not the people. The people is not their priority, right? So for a lot of people, like they have a whole list of <laughs> the list of problems, but it's all the same thing. It's all the same. I mean, in the, the, the separation of religion and politics is not felt at all. It's, it's actually for me, I mean, as a child, for me, it was actually a foreign concept. Religion and politics is the same thing, right? In a country like Iran. The pro-government rallies were pre-planned to mark the anniversary of the end of the unrest that shook the country in 2009. Unrest in Iran prompted several tweets from the U.S. president on Saturday, warning oppressive regimes cannot endure forever. Many reports of peaceful protests by Iranian citizens fed up with the regime's corruption and its squandering of the nation's wealth to fund terrorism abroad. Iranian government should respect their people's rights, including rights to express themselves. The world is watching. In terms of the cause behind what happened, uh, I was just reading today from The Hill, it says, Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps, IRGC, as you had referenced earlier, is blaming the United States and other nations for anti-government protests over the last week. In a way, is that is that kind of implying that this is our fault? And could that be true? Or is this really the grassroots uprising from the Iranian people, as we would think? It had nothing to do with the United States. Well... The only thing that it could have done with the United States is the fact that the sanctions. Um, so, no, it had nothing to do with the United States in the sense that people's grievances, like there was no 
conspiracy or ma management or organization. There was nobody on the ground that was getting orders from the United States. This was people's problem with the with, with the with Iranian government. This is just a standard line. Uh, Iran's government goes to blame everything on the United States and Israel, right? Gotcha. Everything and it's just everything is. I mean, because because the their whole legitimacy is that the Iranian people backing are are supporting them, right? That's how they go and they need that legitimacy and and these protests is going to hurt their legitimacy in in the Middle East, right? Because influence in the Middle East is based on their religious. Um, you know, authority, and they get the religious authority by by being the de facto um, Shia regime, and that's how, and they have Shia proxies all around the Middle East. And if you really don't have your own people uh, backing you up, you 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 lose a lot of legitimacy, right? So this this must be sold as a Zionist uh, Western conspiracy from a minority group of people, uh, and you know. They they say like the only prote the protests that were okay are the ones that are about the economy, right? So the the fact that it turned into something bigger, that's what they don't like, right? It turned into something anti-religion, anti-government, anti-regime. That's what they don't like. And the the, thing, the problem is that every time we allow people to come and complain about the economy, once the numbers grew grows. Then people are gonna join it and it's gonna mention other things. But they, they want to highlight. So they go, they send their own reporters in the street and they go find uh, conservative protesters that did do the protest, but they only have economic complaints and they just try to highlight them to tr take the attention away from people with that just want the whole regime gone, right? So they want to be like, look, we are, we look, we're highlighting the protests. These are people with legitimate problems and we're, uh, we're issues, and we're listening to them, right? Those other people that are saying down with the regime, Defto Khamenei, those are Zionist puppets or United States uh, agents, right? But which is very sad because you know you can see women and men crying in the streets, talking about the fact that how much they, they have lost to this regime. And the, the gov this is a government that is suggesting that these people have no agency. Anything that is against the government must be a foreign conspiracy, right? Um, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of these people had a lot of hope once the, uh, you know, Obama, when uh, uh, Obama had the deal uh, and, you know, the, it wasn't just the United States, it was like six countries together, they came and the sanctions was, were relaxed on Iran. A lot of people thought this is going to bring investments to Iran. It's going to bring a lot of jobs to Iran. A lot of foreign countries are going to become interested in bringing business to Iran. But not only didn't that happen, uh, they saw that their government started, you know, increasing its influence in countries like Syria, um, Lebanon, uh, Yemen. Right. And and people were like um, they thought that maybe, you know, any benefit that they got from any of this is that's what a lot of people on the ground said is going to these other countries. Right. I mean, you know, Iran is trying to basically you uh, create this Shia crescent um, around it, it's building a Shia empire. Right. That's what it's trying to do. Right. Is um, with the with the fall of Syria. Now, basically, they have a complete ground, you know, line, line right from Iran, you know, going to Iraq. They basically own 
uh, the Shia part of Iraq right now. They have so much influence in Iraq. It's crazy. And then to Syria and right all to Lebanon, which is right in the borders of Israel, right? And this is something that Israel finds very scary, that Iran has such a direct line from its own borders now to Israel. Um, but so and, and Saudi Arabia is scared as well, because if you look at the Shia Crescent, it's, it's all around Saudi Arabia. It's right from south, from Yemen, then, you know, all around Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia keeps it's feeling Iran's presence growing. That's why they were the Saudi Arabia were cheering these protests. I, I saw so many Saudis uh, sharing tweets that were anti-Islamic. But they didn't care because it was anti-Iranian and they were sharing it, right? Um, yeah, it was. It was. There were so many and and Saudis news agencies were covering these protests all so much because they were they were so happy. They had everything they tried against Iran. Saudi Arabia has backfired has and has made Iran more powerful. So this was giving this was giving them a lot of hope. Um, you know, Iran Iran is getting more and more powerful. Um, and this, I mean, think about it. Saudi Arabia and Israel were uniting against Iran. Think about how how big of a threat Iran is becoming to both of these countries. That for the first time you have Saudi, a country like Saudi Arabia and uh, Israel uniting. This is the only thing that could bring Arabs and um, <laughs> Jews together is their is their fear of the Shias. That's a great point. Yeah. And you know the other the other weird thing that seems to be happening right now is Trump sounds like he's he's just so supportive of this uprising, but it seems kind of hypocritical to me because weren't Iranian people part of the Muslim ban, the travel ban that, that he was trying to push through? Yeah, I mean, and that's what I, a lot of the message I'm getting from there as well. I mean, I, I saw a few messages of people um, wanting that and supporting, uh, being happy with what Trump said. But most of the people were calling it bullshit because yeah. they said you were the you are the person that had a, a ban on all of us. Yeah, you are the you are you want more sanction on us, and that's going to make our lives worse that's that's going to make um you know the economic conditions worse in, in iran i mean the sanctions <clears throat> doesn't hurt irgc a lot of people actually suggest that it helps uh, the sanctions helps irgc because less competition when you have sanctions that means less trade with foreign countries when you have less trade with foreign countries irgc has a lot of influence in iran's economy a lot of some people suggest you know one third or or up, I mean, one third of Iran's economy is under IRGC's control. I don't know what exactly those numbers are, but if you have less competition with foreign entities, then your monopoly is safe, right? Right. So, is so with these sanctions, it's it's the people that suffer, and IRGC it helps IRGC, right? So, yeah, basically. But so targeted sanctions against IRGC, some people say they are a lot more helpful. But again, um, people people in Iran actually, um, a lot of them don't like Trump because of these travel bans and other things that he mentioned uh, and the fact that he wanted to increase sanctions. And, you know, people in Iran don't like Saudi Arabia either. And it was interesting because... From the very first day of, of, I think it was the second day of the sanctions, Iran's TV was showing people how happy Saudi Arabia is and how happy uh, Trump is. 
and it was basically showing the protests that look look at who you're making happy. <laughs> look at these people that hmm. are joyful because of your actions, right? Iranian state TV showing buildings ablaze Monday as protests in Iran stretched into their fifth day. More than a dozen people have been reportedly killed in what have become the biggest anti-government demonstrations to hit the nation in almost a decade. Iranian officials said a protester shot and killed a policeman during Monday's protests, the first reported fatality among security forces struggling to contain the unrest. This video posted on social media showing a group of protesters confronting a water cannon. Here, video shows large crowds of people taking to the streets of the capital, Tehran, where dumpsters and cars were set on fire. Iranian President Hassan Rouhani trying to downplay the violent demonstrations, which began on Thursday over economic hardships and alleged corruption, and have since spread across his country to 50 other towns and cities, leading to hundreds of arrests. He appeared on TV Sunday to call for calm, saying Iranians had the right to criticize authorities but must not cause unrest. On Monday, U.S. President Donald Trump tweeted, quote, the great Iranian people have been repressed for many years. Time for a change. Rouhani responded, saying Trump has no right to sympathize with Iran. In a video posted to Facebook, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu praised the, quote, brave Iranians for protesting a regime that he says, quote, wastes tens of billions of dollars spreading hate. The protests that erupted Thursday are the biggest challenge to the authority of the Tehran regime since mass demonstrations in 2009. Some of the recent anger even directed at Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, breaking a taboo surrounding the man who has been supreme leader since 1989. Uh, some people were even suggesting that maybe Trump saying these things is not helpful because it helps it helps the government's narrative that this is a, a you know Netanyahu also said something and they said that this this helps the government's narrative that this is a, a US or a, you know Israeli conspiracy but some other people said to that like no that's not true because even if they didn't say that that would still be their narrative right um, so people have mixed feelings over it. People said like it would be worse if he was like Obama. A lot of people were upset with Obama because he, when in 2009 with the, when the uh, Green Movement happened, uh, Obama really didn't back the protesters and many Iranians feel betrayed by that. Some reports even suggest that he even um, stopped um, some group, uh, some people in the government from and that were trying to help. Uh, the free Iranian movements in Iran. I don't know how true that is, but they, they say that he stopped it because he was working on his deals with Iran and he didn't want to jeopardize those. So a lot of people, whether it's true or not, a lot of people in Iran uh, heard these stories and believe it and they feel betrayed by Obama. So some people are saying that maybe Trump saying that thing, uh, saying that was a good thing because it wasn't like Obama, but a lot of other people are saying but what Trump's support for Iranian people has nothing to do with his with the fact that he supports Iranian people. It has more to do with the, the him being anti Obama and he was basically trying to do the exact opposite of what Obama did. So um again, um people I get mixed um responses but most of the responses that I get is that um, they don't want Trump support, but they do appreciate American people's support, you know, and coverage of it, and they they, they think they need that. But again, what 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 I hear from people 
is not a scientifically uh, you know collected data right um so it, you, just because what i hear most doesn't really suggest whether uh, this is a good uh, accurate representation of what the average people what, what the average numbers are uh, in right, Iran, right. in terms of them saying that they they at least whether or not they appreciate Trump's support, they at least appreciate uh, United States support. The the people in the United States. What can we do? Uh, is, is there a good source to to share to get this message out there? Is there a place that people can send donations to, or what's what's the next step? Well, uh, no, there's no donation. One one thing people want is to this story not to lose its. Uh, attention, especially now when when people now are in jail and the government is going to start bringing down sentences on these people. If these stories dies, if these stories uh, start uh, getting uh, attention, they if they they're going to feel like they're going to be able to get away with more with less international pressure. So sharing their stories. I mean, news agencies when they see stuff being shared more. They have a lot of algorithms and bots there noticing how much uh, f- coverage and story gets. And if they see, if, if CNN or BBC, or, when they see something is getting more attention, they cover it more. So share these stories. Go go right now and see, um, find the news. Like, don't let the story die. Share it as much as possible. Um, you know, talk about it as much as possible. Uh, you know, just just make sure that we keep the attention on these stories. Also, any you know people, anybody that is, if uh, people like Mariam Rajavi, these people that are trying to claim leadership over, don't share those. You know, don't let anybody hijack this. Anybody that seems like they're acting like they're leading this 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 movement had no leaders. It was completely spontaneous. Um, yeah, just make sure you keep sharing the story as much as you can. There is no donations because there is no there is no organization that was managing any of this, right? Right. So where would you you know you can't just you don't know who you're sending your money to if you're sending it to a foreign country, right? I mean, I guess there's this one organization, Center of Human Rights in Iran. I think they might be a good place to check. They're a reliable source. Center of Human Rights in Iran, their stories are accurate um, and they keep it updated. Right now they're talking about the fact that um, I, well, actually I'm looking at their articles that Iranians' relatives are um, are going to prison and you know, they're, they were blocking, uh, they're, they're going after the children right now, right? So a lot of the relative, uh, the, the protest was mostly they're going uh, after young children? people. I mean, these were young people, right? Not, I mean, I don't know if, how you define like children. college but students are, and stuff? Yeah, college students, right? But so a lot of these kids now are in jail, and you can see so many pictures of videos of their parents now in front of the prisons, right? Wow. And they're not leaving until they see their kids. Uh, they don't know, you know, one of them just recently died in prison for quote-unquote mysterious reasons. Oh, my God. Um, but some of the parents were, uh, when they were when they were bringing the prisoners to jail, they were just sitting in like lying on the ground, not letting the uh, vans to get in because there were there were their kids in there. So, I mean, once the, once these people once these young people get into jail, like if 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 that if the attention on it stops, then then the government gets away with more. 
right? So I'm just hoping that this story doesn't die. So anything you can do to keep that attention on these stories will help. For some time now, there's been some disparate groups who've been protesting, uh, whether it was uh, savers who have lost their savings through these uh, corrupt financial institutions, whether it's pensioners who are no longer getting their pensions or have to live on uh, reduced pensions, it's people who worry about the environment, it's women, it's all these groups. And they've been protesting and protesting, and you could see that their slogans are now becoming more radical. You could see that the atmosphere is getting tenser and tenser. And most of all, what you could see is that they no longer seem to have that fear from the security forces. They're at the end of their tether. While this was a huge display of support for the Iranian leadership, the government will be concerned at just how quickly a protest about food prices could become political. It's hard for us to relate to the courage required of these people to do what you're what you're talking about because to us i think the closest understanding of this might be uh how african americans were treated during the civil rights movement or how students might have been treated during uh kent state these people are really they're, they're really risking their lives for this movement and what i'm getting from what you're saying correct me if i'm wrong but getting this message out might in a way, even save lives. Because as soon as the media goes silent on this, Iran gets to do whatever they want. They, they, the, yep. the cloak gets pulled over, and then they really get to start stopping right. this movement with, with violence. A lot of people think that Iran does it, does whatever it wants and doesn't care about its international image, but but it really does. It does. Uh, it does want really try to sell this this idea that. Uh, the Iranian people are behind it and back the government. It, it does that a lot, and this this is a um, this has damaged that image a lot. And so, because it does care about its, inter its international image, uh, because it needs that for its legitimacy in other countries like Lebanon or anywhere on Iraq or anywhere else that is trying to gain influence. So because it cares about that international pressure, international coverage, why do you think they keep during the protest, they go and slow down the Internet, right? Because they don't want these stories to get – and they're very clever because, you know, sometimes they don't shut down the internet. They just slow it down so much that they have effectively shut it down. But they know that the story of them shutting it down, that headline gets more shared than oh. them slowing it down. So they just slow it down so much that nobody can get a vid videos out. So, you know, so that these kind of tactics show that they do care about their image. So international pressure, pressure and coverages of these stories does help. And regarding the uh, courage that you mentioned, one of the chants that I kept on hearing in many of the videos was Mimiram, uh, Mimiram, Keshwaramo, which was, well, I will die, I will die unless I get my country back. Fighting for their freedoms, that's something that I would think any United States citizen could understand and, and would want to support. I, I thank you for taking the time to help inform us about this today. How can people learn more about this, learn more about you, more about Atheist Republic? Well, um, my, uh, my personal Twitter account is uh, at Armin Navabi. And to, there's my contact information is in my bio if you need to reach out to me. Um, Atheist Republic, if you search for Atheist Republic on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and on Google, if you search for it, our website will show up. And actually, uh, if you go to atheistrepublic.com, what we have right now is on the homepage, 
uh, there's a green button that if you click on it, you, you can record, it's a record button, and anybody could basically record their voice with whatever message they have. That's a great and, idea. Yeah, and basically we have uh, our po- the Atheist Republic uh, voicemails podcast. It's called Atheist Republic voicemails. It's basically a podcast uh, with uh, – subscribe to it too if you're interested. It's, it's basically a podcast with no hosts. Uh, it's just voicemails after voicemails from atheists all around the world. Like it's very interesting. Like each, every episode, there's a whole bunch of different voicemails. One of them comes from Philippines. The next one comes from Pakistan. Then from an atheist in Egypt, and then United States, and then Iran. It's it's basically just voicemails that um you get an understanding of what atheist concerns and messages are from all around the world. And if you want to add your own message, just go to atheistrepublic.com and leave your message. And if you if you have a podcast app, you could just search for it. On, it's called Atheist Republic voicemails. The goal of it is just basically to democratize activism basically everybody gets to be on a podcast this way every atheist i'm basically trying to give everybody a voice this way i mean navabi thank you sir thank you so much i really appreciate Armin for helping provide a perspective of this terrifying and revolutionary time in iran right now share this link with your friends and family visit atheistrepublic.com news clips for cnn reuters and al jazeera music brought to you by a lost state of mind support this broadcast at patreon.com forward slash right or visit our webpage at the right to reason.com i say this to you and to our friends in iran fighting against religious oppression and further civil liberties and i mean this right now more than i've ever meant it before you have the right to reason